Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Marriage is like a house. When a light bulb burns out, you don't go and buy a new house. You don't divorce. You fix the problem with the light bulb. Now watch what my wife did yesterday. A light bulb burned out. She threw the lamp away. Well, let me say this. Nobody in their right mind, if the bulb's wrong, going to throw the lamp away. But do you know what? That's exactly what the world does with marriage. We've been told and we see all around us that divorce is epidemic. The rate of divorce in the church mirrors that of the outside world. The damage to children is incalculable and can lead to a host of future problems. Pastor Mark is teaching what God has to say about marriage and divorce and what we can do to strengthen our relationships. He reminds us that biblical love is a verb, an action word, an action word, and there are things we must do to demonstrate our love. He will also be speaking about what the Bible means by the word submission as it applies to marriage. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, with his continuing study called, Because God Says So, I Will Do Marriage, Family, and Dating God's Way. Now I'm going to start this morning with a, with a simple thing, and it's basically an A and B answer. Here it is. When a light bulb burns out in your house, what do you do? A, you buy a new house. B, you fix the light bulb problem. How many think A is the right answer? Yeah, yeah, there's somebody down there. El Stupido, the taco short of the combination plate right here. Okay, now we're just, there's nobody's going to do that. But do you know, listen to what I'm going to say. Marriage is like a house. When a light bulb burns out, you don't go and buy a new house. You don't divorce. You fix the problem with the light bulb. Now watch what my wife did yesterday. A light bulb burned out. She threw the lamp away. Well, let me say this. Nobody in their right mind, if the bulb's wrong, going to throw the lamp away. But do you know what? That's exactly what the world does with marriage. Instead of fixing the minor problems in their marriage, they divorce and they go on to face no more problems. Yeah, you know better than that. There's going to be more problems. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to add two more walls to our house today. The wall of security and the wall of intimacy. We know that every house, every marriage needs ongoing maintenance. 
always. So I want you to think, I'm going to give you, I have something in my hand here. It's a light bulb. We don't throw our marriages away. We don't throw our lives away. We fix the problem. And you're going to see about six statements that I want you to think about. When the light bulb comes on, I'll remind you. That could be a problem. Maybe it's not shining as bright as it used to be. Maybe there's an issue from that. And I need to think about it. Whether you're single, married, divorced, widowed, it doesn't matter. Many of these things will apply to all of us this morning. So take a look at this first statement I have for you this morning, which will seem maybe strange, but this maintenance has to be ongoing. And when we understand what marriage is in the home, there's this first statement. Take a look at it. The home is a spiritual battlefield. We must fight for our marriages. Now, when you see that, understand what that means. You've seen these little signs out in front of houses in your neighborhood. They have some kind of a company, put it on the door. We have it right there in the house. And you set the alarm. You don't want somebody coming to the front door and doing all those kind of things while you're there. How many remember the days when you never even locked your house? Anybody remember that? That's no young person putting their hand up. I'll guarantee you right there. This is way in the old days. But when you say, Pastor Mark, the home is a spiritual battlefield. We need to fight for our marriages. Really? Really? Well, of course, you have to fight for your life. You have to fight for your spiritual life. You have to fight for your marriage. Now, many of you are going to say, why? Well, when God designed marriage, he designed it to be fulfilling and successful. And God also designed marriage and family to be the basic foundation of all society. But Satan is out to destroy the home and He will find any way he can to destroy our marriages. Let me give you something important because of the light bulb. Do you know, Satan loves divorce, but he'll settle always for second best. You know what second best is? Second best is when the bulbs are dimming all over the marriage. There's no ongoing maintenance. Second best, Satan loves it. Two spouses... Growing apart, no oneness, no joy, no happiness. And you know what you have as a result? A home becomes a nicely furnished morgue. And in our neighborhoods, in our apartment complexes, guaranteed, even with two Christians, there's plenty of marriages that are basically dead. Oh, on the outside, it's fine. But there's really, when you walk in the door, a smell of death. Now, there's no do-overs in life, but we can start again. And I'm going to talk to you this morning, even though it's hurtful, all kinds of categories. Because Satan goes, love it, Love it. Because there's no happiness. There's no joy. There's nothing. So spiritual warfare is a big deal for us. And as I'm going through the teaching this morning, you need to understand this. We have three enemies. You're familiar with them. If you're a Christian today, you have three enemies. If you're not a believer yet, you haven't come to Christ, we'll give you an opportunity. I want you to come to Christ. That's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. But you already have a, and you already have a God. 
And his name is Satan. You don't know that. You're deceived. But God is not your God. Satan's your God. You think you're your God. No, you're not. Satan's your God. But the three enemies we have as Christians are these. Satan. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. Our world system. What does our world system look like? Well, our world system, television, media, governments, news, it is already, think about this, all I just said to you have already redefined marriage. They didn't redefine marriage as God did. One man, one woman married together for life. They redefined it however they want. And when you turn the television show on, guaranteed, you will find in there a relationship that's not godly. You will also find most programs we watch, movies we watch, the people aren't married. They're living together. And so that squeezes us into the mold of exactly what Satan wants. And it tempts us in every way. Well, the third enemy that you have, Satan's number one, the world system, how it, you say, well, Pastor Mark, I've watched that. It doesn't really affect my mind. Oh, yes, it does. The third one is this. Our third worst enemy is your spouse. Now, you didn't rebel at that, so that causes me, I may have to change my whole teaching this morning. <laughs> the third enemy is not your spouse. Who's your worst enemy? Tell me this morning. Just come on, everybody get your finger up. Come on, come on, everybody get your, everybody. Who is it? Just point it right here. That's my old sin nature. It's not your spouse. She's got her, he's got her own problems. It's there. Now, watch how that works. How do we fight then? If there's warfare in my house and in my life, how do I fight it? Well, our role model is Jesus. Very simple. You remember this, when Jesus began his first ministry, 30 years old, that's when he began to minister. The first thing he did, he went and got water baptized. And as he was being baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And that simply means he submitted himself to the control of God. The very next thing that happened after he came up out of the water, Satan was waiting and the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. Remember how many days? How many days? 40 days. Good job. 40 days. And he fasted those 40 days. And during that time, Satan himself came to him. He was going to try to defeat him right from the beginning. He was absolutely going to see if he could stop Jesus from going to the cross. And when that happened, here's what took place. That temptation came to Jesus. And the, Satan said this three times. He tried to tempt Jesus. And how did Jesus respond every single time to him? It Come on, is written. How did he do that? It is written. Now, where would that have been from? Old Testament, Old Testament. It is written. So how did Jesus win that spiritual battle? How did he win? Ask yourself this morning, here's our first light bulb. Some of you don't know that there's spiritual warfare in your home. You just think it's personalities. Oh, it is not just personalities. It is Satan in your home. Now, that's not weird. That's just normal. Remember, when Adam and Eve were perfect, the very thing happens in the end is Satan comes in chapter three. Why? He wanted to destroy the marriage right from the beginning. If he can destroy the first marriage, there's no chance of Jesus coming. 
Remember, Jesus would come through the line. Adam and Eve were the first parents. Now, here's what you need to do. Ask yourself this morning. We can defeat Satan's temptations two ways. Being filled with, controlled by the Holy Spirit. Where the Holy Spirit controls us. Not as a robot, but we submit to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And number two, by knowing and obeying God's word. That's exactly, exactly what Jesus did. So ask yourself this morning, light bulb, are you filled with the Spirit? So Pastor Mark, I don't know what that means. I'll share with you in a moment. I have plenty of tapes, kind of stuff online. You can go, just put in Holy Spirit. You'll see what that is. Don't have time to teach on that today. Second, not just know the word. Are you doing the word? And there'll be plenty of action because you'll see today as we go through, love is a verb. And all the things that go in with that. We used to have a bracelet. Dave reminded us the other day. But you'll see much more than that. So ask yourself this morning, number one, do you even realize that there's spiritual warfare in your house? And it's not just about your spouse. It's Satan trying to get you, what? To sell a house and move on. No, it's not going to work. So second, do you know the word? You're not here to learn facts today. The purpose of the word of God is transformation. So we don't leave one. Well, I like that joke. That was a really neat thing. No, it's transformation of your marriage, my marriage, all of us together, singleness, how to date, what that looks like, where you've been, where's it going. And all of that applies to our life today. Now, let me just say this to you. God's design for marriage is perfect. It will never change. And God's directions are clear. Satan, the world system, and our old sinful nature have many ways to get us to disobey God's design. Now watch this. Here's how it starts. Genesis 2, at the beginning. The man and his wife, they became one together. Leave, cleave, one, one together under God. Were both naked and they felt no shame. So one of the big areas that there's spiritual warfare, that we need security, is in the area of intimacy. I'm going to talk about three kinds of intimacy this morning. Most of the teaching will be on that. But here's kind of a neat definition that I came across. Intimacy equals in to me see. God made us to love and be intimate with our spouse. Notice, Adam and Eve were naked. They weren't ashamed. They looked on each other, and what they saw was who that person really is. Now think about this for a moment. They were naked. Intimacy is not just about the outside. It's also about the inside. But when you see that word naked, it's a pretty picture in the Bible because that's really sexual intimacy, but it's really spiritual intimacy as well. You guys know as you go through life, how many have ever been in a hospital? Okay, you've been in a hospital. If you've been to surgery or you're in the hospital, how many know that any kind of prudishness just goes out the window if you're in the hospital? Can I hear an amen? You know, the the gowns that Satan designed. (laughs) 
You, you know, you think you're covered. And people, as you walk down the hill, <laughs> I don't know why they laugh. Everybody's saying from behind, what's the difference? But, but see, you say, that's not the intimacy God's talking about. Do you know, sometimes divorce happens because outwardly it looks fine. And there may be some of you this morning, you've already hidden your affair from your spouse. Oh, it doesn't look, there's not a sign of it anywhere. But the real you, you have stopped letting your spouse see the real you for a long time. God wants that to stop this morning. See, the real you is not the outside. The real you and me is the inside. And where does Satan go? Right to the inside. If you can't lay down at night on your pillow and trust your spouse, there's a problem in the marriage. So we have to solve that. That's something that's there. Now, what are these three kinds of intimacy? Very simple as we go through. Here's a triangle. I'll explain it to you. And then I'll give you a simpler explanation. There's three, well, there's actually four words of love in the Bible. The three that I'm going to use, we have one word of love. You know, you say to your wife, I love you. That's the same thing you said, I love pizza. That's exactly the same thing in the English language. It shouldn't be that way, but that's the way it is. In the the Greek language, no, 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 there's four words. Here's three of them. First one is this. Here's intimacy, agape. That's God's love. That means a commitment. It's actually spiritual intimacy. If you're writing on your little triangle, I'll give you another statement here so you don't have to do that. It's spiritual intimacy. It's a relationship with God. That agape is God's kind of love. It's a selfless love. It's another kind of love. It's self-sacrificing love. Look at the next one down in the corner. Friendship. Friendship comes from the word, the Greek word phileo. It means friendship. Philadelphia, the city of friends, neighbors, together. We do things together. Now, that's simply natural affection. It's natural affection. It's friendship. Now, here's the third one. It's kind of relational. Here's the third one. Passion. Eros. You know the word eros, the Greek word for eros. We use it all the time. That picture was erotic. Erotic. So those are the three kinds of love that God defines in the Bible. He uses different words as he goes through it for all of those. And they're all really defined as intimacy. Let me show you a statement. Here's a light bulb again. And I want to show you how it kind of looks. And you can write this down. In a marriage, there is spiritual intimacy. See, typically, we only think of one kind of intimacy. Sexual. No. First... It starts with spiritual intimacy, and that's that God love, that we love our spouse, and we love God with that. Then there's relational intimacy, which is that friendship that really starts in a marriage. Your spouse should be a friend for life. Your spouse, my spouse, should be my best friend. And then we go to the third kind, sexual intimacy, That really doesn't need a lot of explanation, but we're going to talk about it in God's instructions. Now, those three, look at those three right there. Those three elements must be balanced in your marriage. Notice there's the light bulb. So ask yourself this morning, are all three of those 
functioning in your marriage? Do you have that commitment to your marriage? Number two, are you really best friends? Number three, is there that passion, that arrows balanced in your marriage? Now, both spouses must come to the marriage and they bring these three. And sometimes we need a little balance in them. We need a little maintenance. The bulb is getting a little light in this area. Could be any one of those. Satan uses that, uses our world system, and he uses our fleshly nature to do the same thing. So ask yourself this morning, there's the light bulb. Are all three of those happening today in your marriage? If not, we don't throw the house out. We don't get out of the marriage. We work on it with God's help. If you're dating this morning, those three should be part especially if you're seriously dating, two believers dating. Those three should be part of that whole situation. Now, of course, you can't have the sexual intimacy that you would want until you're married. But let's just say you're dating somebody and you're both spiritual intimacy. You both have a relationship with God. That's the only way to date as a Christian. Then there's this friendship and you go like, wow, I'm like really more interested in the sexual part first. See, when you dated, you dated for the spiritual intimacy first, right? Okay, I'm waiting for honesty in the church. No, you waited for the sexual immediately. That was the draw. Why? Because God made us that way. So if you're dating somebody and you say this, man, that person could be best friends for life. That's fantastic. Can't wait. They love God. I can't wait. Not sure I could go to bed with them, though, even if I'm married. There's a red flag right there. And it could be all three. Here's the big one. Well, I could see myself making love to that person. I want to be best friends with him. But I'm not sure he or she really are committed to the Lord. Red flag. Red flag. I just had someone recently stop me. Red flag. He knew it. We talked about it. You need to understand. All of those are going to be part of your marriage. They need to be before you get married. That should be there to be healthy. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. You'll see where it is, the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, about two-thirds of the way kind of through the the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 5. And this is your homework. This is your homework for this week. Not just these, all of Ephesians 5, the whole chapter, because it's all about marriage. Now, when you get there, I'd encourage you to use the New Living Translation because it makes it simpler for you to explain it understand it as it's being explained to you. You can go to Version. You can get that passage, of course. As I told you before, it's a free app. My wife and I, yesterday morning, after breakfast, we just put the Version on, played Ephesians 5, and hit the... Well, we hope you learned something about why it's better to fix your light bulb rather than moving to a different house. Seriously, though, Pastor Mark has brought up good points about doing the work to repair our marriages rather than bailing on them. May God give us the grace to do whatever it takes for us to do the hard work of strengthening our marriages. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. 
subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue the teaching Because God Says So, I Will Do Marriage, Family, and Dating God's Way. He will be tackling the issue of what biblical submission in marriage is and what it is not. The S word many times conjures up ideas by men and women that are incorrect. Pastor Mark will work to dispel those inaccurate ideas by giving us the truth. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.